Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 15, Texts 8 through 13. Text number 8. Because he was near me, it was possible for me to conquer with great dexterity the powerful king of heaven, Indradev, along with his demigod associates, and thus enable the fire god to devastate the Kandava forest. And only by his grace was the demon named Maya saved from the blazing Kandava forest. And thus we could build our assembly house of wonderful architecture and workmanship where all the princes assembled during the performance of Rajasuya Yagya and paid you tributes. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The demon Maya Dhanava was an inhabitant of the forest Kandava, and when the Kandava forest was set on fire, he asked protection from Arjuna. Arjuna saved his life, and as a result of this, the demon felt obliged. He reciprocated by building a wonderful assembly house for the Pandavas, which attracted the extraordinary attention of all state princes. They felt the supernatural power of the Pandavas, and thus, without grudge, all of them submitted and paid tributes to the emperor. The demons possess wonderful and supernatural powers to create material wonders, but they are always disturbing elements for society. The modern demons are the harmful material scientists who create some material wonders for disturbance in this society. For example, the creation of nuclear weapons has caused some panic in human society. Maya was also a materialist like that, and he knew the art of creating such wonderful things. And yet Lord Krishna wanted to kill him. When he was chased, both by the fire and by the wheel of Lord Krishna, he took shelter of such a devotee as Arjuna, who saved him from the wrath of the fire and Lord Sri Krishna. Devotees are therefore more merciful than the Lord, and in devotional service, the mercy of a devotee is more valuable than the mercy of the Lord. Both the fire and the Lord ceased from chasing the demon as soon as both of them saw that the demon was given shelter by such a devotee as Arjuna. This demon, feeling obliged to Arjuna, wanted to do him some service and show his gratefulness but Arjuna declined to accept anything from him in exchange. Lord Sri Krishna, however, being pleased with Maya for his taking shelter of a devotee, asked him to render service under King Yudhisthira by building a wonderful assembly house. The process is that by the grace of the devotee, the mercy of the Lord is obtained 
and by the mercy of the Lord, a chance to serve the Lord's devotee is obtained. The club of Bhimasena was also a gift of Maya Dhanava. Text 9. Your respectable younger brother, who possesses the strength of 10,000 elephants, killed by his grace, Jarasandha, whose feet were worshipped by many kings. These kings had been brought for sacrifice in Jarasandha's Mahabhairavi Yagya, but they were thus released. Later, they paid tribute to your majesty. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Jarasandha was a very powerful king of Magadha, and the history of his birth and activities is also very interesting. His father, King Brihadrath, was also a very prosperous and powerful king of Magadha, but he had no son, although he married two daughters of the king of Kashi. Being disappointed, in not getting a son from either of these two queens, the king, along with his wives, left home to live in the forest for austerities. But in the forest, he was benedicted by one great rishi to have a son, and he gave him one mango to be eaten by the queens. The queens did so, and were very soon pregnant. The king was very happy to see the queens bearing children. But when the ripe time approached, the queens delivered one child in two parts, one from each of the queen's wombs. The two parts were thrown in the forest, where a great she-demon used to live, and she was glad to have some delicate flesh and blood from the newly born child. Out of curiosity, she joined the two parts, and the child became complete and regained life. The she-demon was known as Jara, and being compassionate on the childless king, she went to the king and presented him with the nice child. The king was very pleased with this she-demon and wanted to reward her according to her desire. That she-demon expressed her desire that the child be named after her, and thus the child was surnamed Jara Sunda, or one who was joined by Jara the she-demon. In fact, this Jarasandha was born as one of the parts and parcels of the demon Viprachiti, the saint, by whose benedictions the queens bore the child, was called Chandra Koshika, who foretold of the child before his father, Brihadrath. Since Jarasandha possessed demoniac qualities from birth, Naturally, he became a great devotee of Lord Shiva, the lord of all ghostly and demoniac men. Ravana was a great devotee of Lord Shiva, and so also Jarasandha. He used to sacrifice all arrested kings before Lord Mahabhairava, Shiva. And by his military power, he defeated many small kings and arrested them to butcher before Mahabhairava. There are many devotees of Lord Mahabhairava, 
or Kala Bhairava, in the province of Bihar, formerly called Magadha. Jarasandha was a relative of Kamsa, the maternal uncle of Krishna, and therefore after Kamsa's death, King Jarasandha became a great enemy of Krishna, and there were many fights between Jarasandha and Krishna. Lord Krishna wanted to kill him, but he also wanted that those who served as military men for Jarasandha might not be killed. Therefore, a plan was adopted to kill him. Krishna, Bhima, and Arjuna together went to Jarasandha in the dress of poor Brahmins and begged for charity from King Jarasandha. Jarasandha never refused charity to any Brahmin, and he performed many sacrifices also, yet he was not on par with devotional service. Lord Krishna, Bhima, and Arjuna asked Jarasandha for the facility of fighting him, and it was settled that Jarasandha would fight with Bhima only. So all of them were both guests and combatants of Jarasandha, and Bhima and Jarasandha fought every day for several days. Bhima became disappointed, but Krishna gave him hints about Jarasandha's being joined together as an infant and thus Bhima dissected him again, and so killed him. All the kings, who were detained in the concentration camp to be killed before Mahabhairava, were thus released by Bhima. Feeling thus obliged to the Pandavas, they paid tribute to King Yudhisthira. Text 10. It was he only who loosened the hair of all the wives of the miscreants who dared to open the cluster of your queen's hair, which had been nicely dressed and sanctified for the great Rajasuya sacrificial ceremony. At that time she fell down at the feet of Lord Krishna with tears in her eyes. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Queen Draupadi had a beautiful bunch of hair which was sanctified in the ceremonial function of Rajasuya Yagya. But when she was lost in a bet, Dushashan touched her glorified hair to insult her. Draupadi then fell down at the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. And Lord Krishna decided that all the wives of Dushashan and company should have their hair loosened as a result of the battle of Kurukshetra. Thus, after the battle of Kurukshetra, after all the sons and grandsons of Dhritarashtra died in battle, all the wives of the family were obliged to loosen their hair as widows. In other words, all the wives of the Kuru family became widows because of Dushashan's insulting a great devotee of the Lord. The Lord can tolerate insults upon himself by any miscreant, because a father tolerates even insults from the son. But he never tolerates insults upon his devotees. By insulting a great soul, one has to forego all the results of pious acts and benedictions also. 
Text 11. During our exile, Dorvasamuni, who eats with his 10,000 disciples, intrigued with our enemies to put us in dangerous trouble. At that time, he, Lord Krishna, simply by accepting the remnants of food, saved us. By his accepting food thus, the assembly of Munis, while bathing in the river, felt sumptuously fed, and all the three worlds were also satisfied. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Durvasamuni A powerful mystic Brahmin determined to observe the principles of religion with great vows and under strict austerities. His name is associated with many historical events, and it appears that the great mystic could be both easily satisfied and easily annoyed, like Lord Shiva. When he was satisfied, he could do tremendous good to the servitor. But if he was dissatisfied, he could bring about the greatest calamity. Kumari Kunti, at her father's house, used to minister all kinds of service to the great Brahmins. And being satisfied with her good reception, Durvasamuni benedicted her with a power to call any demigod she desired. It is understood that he was a plenary incarnation of Lord Shiva, and thus he could be either easily satisfied or annoyed. He was a great devotee of Lord Shiva, and by Lord Shiva's order, he accepted the priesthood of King Svetaketu because of the king's performance of sacrifice for 100 years. Sometimes he used to visit the parliamentary assembly of the heavenly kingdom of Indradev. He could travel in space by his great mystic powers, and it is understood that he traveled a great distance through space, even up to the Vaikuntha planets beyond the material space. He traveled all along these distances within one year during his quarrel with King Ambarish, the great devotee and emperor of the world. He had about 10,000 disciples, and wherever he visited and became a guest of the great Kshatriya kings, he used to be accompanied by a number of his followers. Once he visited the house of Duryodhana, the enemy cousin of Maharaj Yudhisthira. Duryodhana was intelligent enough to satisfy the Brahmin by all means, and the great Rishi wanted to give some benediction to Duryodhana. Duryodhana knew his mystic powers, and he knew also that the mystic Brahmin, if dissatisfied, could cause some havoc, and thus he designed to engage the Brahmin to show his wrath upon his enemy cousins, the Pandavas. When the Rishi wanted to award some benediction to Duryodhana, the latter wished that he should visit the house of Maharaj Yudhisthira, who is the eldest and chief amongst his cousins. But by his request, he would go to him after he had finished his meals with his queen, Draupadi. Duryodhana knew that after Draupadi's dinner, it would be impossible for Maharaj Yudhisthira to receive such a large number of Brahmin guests and thus the Rishi would be annoyed and would create some trouble for his cousin, Maharaj Yudhisthira. Durvasamuni agreed to this proposal 
and he approached the king in exile, according to the plan of Duryodhana, after the king and Draupadi had finished their meals. On his arrival at the door of Maharaj Yudhisthira, he was at once well received, and the king requested him to finish his noontime religious rites in the river, for by that time the foodstuff would be prepared. Durvasamuni, along with his large number of disciples, went to take bath in the river. Maharaj Yudhisthira was in great anxiety about the guests. As long as Draupadi had not eaten her meals, food could be served to any number of guests. But the Rishi, by the plan of Duryodhana, reached there after Draupadi had finished her meals. When the devotees are put into difficulty, they have an opportunity to recollect the Lord with rapt attention. So Draupadi was thinking of Lord Krishna in that dangerous position, and the all-pervading Lord could at once know the dangerous position of his devotees. He therefore came there on the scene and asked Draupadi to give him whatever food she might have in her stock. On her being so requested by the Lord, Draupadi was sorrowful because the Supreme Lord asked her for some food and she was unable to supply it at that time. She said to the Lord that the mysterious dis which she had received from the sun god could supply any amount of food if she herself had not eaten. But on that day, she had already taken her meals, and thus they were in danger. By expressing her difficulties, she began to cry before the Lord, as only a woman would do in such a position. The Lord, however, asked Dropity to bring up the cooking pots to see if there was any particle of food left. And on Dropity's doing so, the Lord found some small particle of vegetable sticking to the pot. The Lord at once picked it up and ate it. After doing so, the Lord asked Draupadi to call for her guests, the company of Durvasa. Bhima was sent to call them from the river. Bhima said, Why are you delaying, sirs? Come on, the food is ready for you. But the Brahmins, because of Lord Krishna's accepting a little particle of food, felt sumptuously fed even while they were in the water. They thought that since Maharaj Yudhisthira must have prepared many valuable dishes for them, and since they were not hungry and could not eat, the king would feel very sorry, so it was better not to go there. Thus they decided to go away. This incident proves that the Lord is the greatest mystic, and therefore he is known as Yogesvara. Another instruction is that every householder must offer food to the Lord, and the result will be that everyone, even a company of guests numbering 10,000, will be satisfied because of the Lord's being satisfied. That is the way of devotional service. Text 12. It was by his influence only that in a fight I was able to astonish the personality of God, Lord Shiva, and his wife, the daughter of Mount Himalaya. Thus he, Lord Shiva, became pleased with me and awarded me his own weapon. 
Other demigods also delivered their respective weapons to me. And in addition, I was able to reach the heavenly planets in this present body and was allowed a half-elevated seat. Purport by Srila Prabhupada By the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, all the demigods, including Lord Shiva, were pleased with Arjuna. The idea is that one who is favored by Lord Shiva or any other demigod may not necessarily be favored by the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. Ravana was certainly a great devotee of Lord Shiva, but he could not be saved from the wrath of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Ramachandra. And there are many instances like that in the histories of the Puranas. But here is an instance where we can see that Lord Shiva became pleased even in a fight with Arjuna. The devotees of the Supreme Lord know how to respect the demigods, but the devotees of the demigods sometimes foolishly think that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is no greater than the demigods. By such a conception, one becomes an offender and ultimately meets with the same end as Ravana and others. The instances described by Arjuna during his friendly dealings with Lord Sri Krishna are instructive for all who may be convinced by the lessons that one can achieve all favors simply by pleasing the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna, whereas the devotees or worshippers of the demigods may achieve only partial benefits, which are also perishable, just as the demigods themselves are. Another significance of the present verse is that Arjuna, by the grace of Lord Sri Krishna, was able to reach the heavenly planet, even with the self-same body, and was honored by the heavenly demigod Indradev, being seated with him, half elevated. One can reach the heavenly planets by pious acts, recommended in the Shastras, in the category of fruitive activities. And as stated in the Bhagavad Gita, 9.21, when the reactions of such pious acts are spent, the enjoyer is again degraded to this earthly planet. The moon is also on the level with the heavenly planets, and only persons who have performed virtues only, performing sacrifices, giving in charity, and undergoing severe austerities, can be allowed to enter into the heavenly planets after the duration of the life of the body. Arjuna was allowed to enter into the heavenly planets in the self-same body, simply by the grace of the Lord. Otherwise, it would not be possible to do so. The present attempts to enter the heavenly planets by modern scientists will certainly prove futile because such scientists are not on the level of Arjuna. They are ordinary human beings without any assets of sacrifice, charity, or austerities. The material body is influenced by the three modes of material nature, namely goodness, passion, and ignorance. The present population is more or less influenced by the modes of passion and ignorance, and the symptoms of such influences are exhibited in their becoming very lusty and greedy. 
such degraded fellows can hardly approach the higher planetary systems. Above the heavenly planets, there are many other planets also, which only those who are influenced by goodness can reach. In heavenly or other planets within the universe, the inhabitants are highly intelligent, many more times than the human beings, and they are all pious in the higher and highest mode of goodness. They are all devotees of the Lord, and although their goodness is not unadulterated, still they are known as demigods, possessing the maximum amount of good qualities possible within this material world. Text 13. When I stayed for some days as a guest in the heavenly planets, all the heavenly demigods, including King Indradev, took shelter of my arms, which were marked with the Gandiva bow, to kill the demon named Nivatikavacha. O king, descendant of Ajamita, at the present moment I am bereft of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, by whose influence I was so powerful. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The heavenly demigods are certainly more intelligent, powerful, and beautiful. And yet, they had to take help from Arjuna because of his Gandiva bow, which was empowered by the grace of Lord Sri Krishna. The Lord is all-powerful, and by his grace, his pure devotee can be as powerful as he may desire, and there is no limit to it. And when the Lord withdraws his power from anyone, he is powerless by the will of the Lord. 